the Go Radio Football Show, talking football first. Listen live weeknights from five. Good evening and welcome to the Go Radio Football Show with me, Joe Hendry. I'm joined by Marvin Bartley and Davey Proven this evening. Plenty of action for us to get our teeth into for Scottish teams in European action tonight. St. Johnson face Lask in Perth, Aberdeen host Carabag, both in the Europa Conference League. Celtic travel to AZ Alkmaar, kick-off at quarter past seven and Rangers are in action right now. It's just about to start the second half shortly. It's currently nil-nil. Davy, we've been watching the first half. What do you make of it so far? I think Rangers look pretty comfortable. Stephen Gerrard, I know, isn't there, but watching the game, he will feel Rangers should have the game put to bed already. They, Alish Kerr, are down to 10 men. Santos leaving one on uh, young Rangers keeper McCrory when he was on the ground. Um, Alish Kerr had offered very little and I'd, I would expect Rangers to score at least once in the second half to, to put this tie beyond their meanings. And like you say, there has been chances there, Morelos, in, in the first 10 minutes, and then um, Aribo as well, he forced to keep it into a safe, pushing that shot onto the onto the post. Yeah. And Morelos, again, with a brilliant, on the half-hour mark, a brilliant chance. Yeah, I mean, he had one in the inside right channel on the half-volley. To be fair to him, the ball was rising as he struck it, finished over the bar. But the, the one you're talking about slid through by Scott Arfield. They were caught really square at the back. Loads of time when he's through in the goalkeeper. Maybe too much time to think, actually. And he's hit it straight at the keeper. A terrific chance for Morelos. But as I said, Rangers looking pretty comfortable and, you know, a man up as well as, as one up in aggregate. The team's both taken to the pitch just now in Yerevan, where I believe it is around 46 degrees, absolutely sweltering out there. There was a water break in the first half as well. But Marvin, obviously the, the COVID situation hit Rangers yesterday and five changes in that team as well from the, the team that faced Ross County. Really, really tough to deal with. Yeah, it's definitely tough to deal with. Um, first and foremost, I hope those people make a full recovery um, because I've had COVID myself and I struggled for a part of it. So, But the boys who have came in, you know, it's up to them to step up to the mark now. You know, they're at Rangers Football Club for a reason, not just to be squad players. You know, Robbie was on loan at Livingston uh, last season. You know, he's got the mentality. He wants to be a number one. Now, this is his chance, whether it's one game today or he plays in, you know, the big one also on Sunday. You have to stamp your mark and let Stephen Gerrard know, listen, if you do need to rely on me, I'm here um, and push for a first-team place. But what, what better game to do it in? You know, the final qualifier to try and to get into Europe and then also in, you know, the big old firm game at the weekend. And that is that is it, isn't it? It's making the best of that opportunity for a player like Robbie, who's come through the academy, he's only 23, and obviously you, you'll know him quite well as well. Tell us a little bit about what you've seen from Robbie McCrory in the last couple of seasons. Yeah, honestly, he's the most ultimate professional. You know, he's, he's unbelievable, he puts all the hard work in, you know, he's always in the gym, he's always working on his game, and football's his life, as it should be. You know, so I was delighted, obviously, for him to be able to step in and, and you know, play in this game today. Obviously, as I said, you feel sorry for the other two, but however your chance comes, you need to take it. Um, and obviously in the first half he's kept a clean sheet he's been kicked in the head so maybe it's got it's helped him with his sense of humour um, but no listen hopefully he keeps a clean sheet and they qualify and you know go from strength to strength because he's one boy that definitely deserves that and in terms of the starting 11 I don't think there's been any changes in the second half I'll just run through that um, obviously McCrory in goals Patterson, Goldson, Hillander and Barisic at the back Kamara comes back in Davis and Arfield in the middle with Aribo and Hadji supporting Alfredo Morelos up front. The return of Kamara, Davy, um, vital and, and, and fantastic news for Rangers in this European competition. Yeah, I, I think what Steven Gerrard is getting here is the benefit of having a really strong squad, you know, because even allowing for those who didn't travel, still a really strong Rangers side. Uh, you know, Patterson, a very able replacement for, for Tavernier. And throughout the side, I mean, you, you've still got the, you know, the invention of the likes of, of uh, Hadji, 
um, uh, and Kamara. Morelos is obviously their best bet for a goal, but th this is the benefit of Rangers building a really strong squad that they can afford to take a hit that they have done through COVID and still feel they're a really good side here tonight. And you would have to think that there definitely is still enough in this team that started the game to definitely get the job done this evening over there in, in Armenia. Yeah, definitely. You know, and obviously the other team down to 10 men makes it even harder for them. You know, you spoke about the weather and, and Rangers will just keep the ball and they'll tire. And then it wouldn't surprise me, you know, last half an hour of the game, Rangers really step it up and, and get another goal. So that, that team is very, very good on paper. You know, even with everybody back fit, I think maybe obviously Tavernier would have, would have started at right back. But, you know, Kent's probably not had his best. You know, the last couple of games he's not been at his best. So, you know, maybe Scott Wright would have came in, but that front three maybe have started anyway. Um, so, as I said, you know, it's an opportunity for these boys. They're all seasoned pros. They've played more than enough games, obviously, except for Patterson and McCrory. But Patterson's the future Scotland right back, let's be honest. And, you know, McCrory's trying to stamp his mark as well and in one of the biggest teams in Scotland. 47 minutes on the clock and Rangers already have been pushing forward to try and get that first goal in this second leg of the tie. And you have to wonder as well, and, and you'll both have insight into what it's like to, to lose a manager. Obviously, Steven Gerrard hasn't travelled with the squad. How difficult is that in terms of, you know, the, relaying the information that you need to relay? And presumably they'll be speaking to each other. I'm not sure what method of communication they'll be using, but I know Gary McAllister said that they will be in constant communication um, and Steven Gerrard is very much in control just now. Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me if you know they didn't have a screen set up and he was speaking to them uh, via Zoom uh, before the game or some sort of video link. And, you know, Michael Beal, though, does a lot of the coaching anyway. Um, obviously, Gary McAllister also chips in. So it wouldn't just be, you know, maybe like 30 years ago, to just been the manager. You know, he takes full control of everything. But you might find throughout the week that the other two coaches and the assistant manager do more of the coaching than the actual manager. Obviously, they'll miss his presence on the side. Um, you know, it's probably final words before a game. But as I said, I believe they would have spoken to him you know, via video link anyway. So he would have got his point across. And listen, I've played under a few managers that I'd have been happy to lose for a, for a couple of games. So, you know, maybe a couple of the players feel like that also. And you mentioned losing a presence there as well. And some of the key players that have gone, one of them's McGregor, who's an incredible presence for Rangers. Um, the captain, obviously, as well, not featuring tonight. It'll be interesting to see the character that the team can show, won't it, in, in the face of losing these strong and their manager, obviously, too. Yeah, but you, you have to step up, don't you? This is this is what you're in football for. You know, young Patterson's gone to the Euros, you know, was brilliant at the back end of last season when Tavernier was missing. And he needs to do the same thing again. You know, there's no doubt about it that he'd been ready for this opportunity. There's no chance he's sitting, you know, watching James Tavernier of the opening weeks of the season thinking, oh, you know, I'm not going to train at 100% or, you know, I'm not going to look after myself ready for my opportunity. He wants that opportunity. He wants to be number one right back. Probably believes in his own mind, which he should, that he's the best right back at the club because he has to be ambitious. And, and now this is a chance to show it. Davey, Rangers being patient in their play just now through the yeah. middle, trying to, to push up. What do you make of it so far? Well, I think I think they're trying to conserve energy as well, Joe, you know, because I'm not saying this tie is over, but I expect Rangers to, to get through and they might already have one eye on Sunday. You, you mentioned the heat, 46 degrees. I mean, it's you can't um, overstate just how difficult it is to play in that kind of heat. And the worry would be for Rangers is that it takes... You know, a, a lot out of the, the team ahead of the game to Sunday. Remember, there's a long journey back as well, two and a half thousand miles. I know they're on business class seats, but they're going to lose out a night's sleep. It's not an ideal pressure uh, preparation for an old firm game at all. At the moment, though, they look OK, although they just switched off at the back post a moment ago. Um, Alice Kerr's number 10 had a decent chance with a header at the back post after Barisic ended up underneath a, a cross. So Rangers have just got to keep their concentration and make sure they go over the line here. You mentioned that tight turnaround, Davey, in terms of the game on, on Sunday and obviously the travel. I think it's a six-hour flight. 
Will the chances be that Rangers have stayed on Glasgow time here as well to try and mitigate for for any of that? You know, I I really don't know. I, I know that there are there are different opinions that, that some some of the sports scientists believe you they should stay on Glasgow time. Um, I remember Alan McLeish taking Scotland to Kazakhstan and he stayed on Scottish time and he lost three 0 And Big Alec was was far from amused that they had followed that that uh, that protocol. Um, you know, I, I suppose it varying opinions but you know regardless of what time zone you're on you're going to lose a night's sleep after this game you know even if Rangers had stayed in Armenia tonight players don't sleep after a game anyway there's so much adrenaline going mm-hmm. I think Marvin would probably um, verify that so it, it's not a, not a good preparation for Rangers ahead of Sunday and it's unclear at the moment as to you know how this Covid situation will impact Sunday if it will at all who might return who who might still who might still miss it? This was really the I think it's safe to say the last thing Rangers needed in preparation for tonight and for Sunday too, wasn't it? Yeah, it makes it a lot more difficult. Um, but as David said earlier, this is why you build squads. Um, you know, it's it's not ideal, but all clubs are going through the same things. You know, at some point during the last eighteen months, you know, teams have lost players. You know, and, and maybe key players like they've lost their captain. Um, you know, their, their number one goalkeeper, their manager, and it's not ideal preparation, but. When you're at a big club like Rangers, you can't make excuses. You know, as players, you can't make excuses. It's not like they've got 11 good players and then the rest are youth team players. They're bringing in people, you know, who are international footballers. You know, these are top mm-hmm. quality players. As I said, this is why you have to build a squad. And over the last 18 months, they've been building a squad with, yes, one eye on injuries, but also on COVID cases. And, you know, I'm, I'm pretty sure, because what we do at Livingston is we try and limit the contact that boys have with each other inside. Obviously, on the training pitch, there's not a lot you can do about that, but social distancing is kind of out the window when we're on the training field. So I'm sure Rangers would have all the protocols in place uh, to make sure that, you know, if someone did get COVID, then it was minimal, the amount of people who were classed as co- uh, close contacts. I've seen something about, you know, people who've been uh, double vaccinated as well. They hope to have a couple of those back for Sunday. So it's just about waiting and seeing. But as I said, you know, this team out here is more than strong enough. And when you put that kit on, you have to play with pride. And, you know, I think if you put these players out again on Sunday, they'll do exactly the same thing. And you talked about those COVID protocols there. And from a, a team point of view and a club point of view, is it becoming the norm for you now? Is it? Are you getting used to it? Yeah, I mean, as used to it as you can possibly get. Um, it's still very, very difficult, you know, because you're bringing in new players, um, obviously with the transfer window being open and you're trying to explain to them, you know, how we do it at our clubs because all clubs will do it slightly differently. You know, you're bringing up boys from England and, you know, across from Europe. So it is tough. It is definitely tough, but there's not a lot you can do about it because, you know, it's been 18 months now. You know, at the start of it, we're saying to the boys, you need to stay in, you can't be going out, extra, et cetera, et cetera. They have to live their lives though. You know, yes, they're footballers, that's that's their job, but they have families and you have young children. So it's difficult because if your wife's going out to work or your kids are going to school and then bringing the virus, you know, back into the house and then you bring it into football, there's not a lot you can do about it. Um, At this moment in time, it seems like it's a lot easier to catch as well uh, at this moment because it seems that I know a lot more people who have it now within football, out of football than I did 18 months ago, you know, even a year ago. So there's only so much a club can do. Control the controllables, which is when they're in at the football club. But once they go away from there, you have to give them some sort of life because as I said, it's been, you know, the best part of 18 months now. And you can't just say to the boys, you must stay inside all the time because they need to live live their lives also. Just try and be as safe as possible. And that's the thing, everyone's dealing with it as well, isn't it? And doing it to the best of their abilities, of course. St Johnson, Celtic and Aberdeen all in action this evening and keeping an eye here. 54 minutes gone in Alish Kert against, against Rangers over in Yerevan. It remains nil-nil. David, just how big in terms of the landscape of this week, would you say? How, how big um, are the next four days, depending on the result tonight? How big is this for Rangers this week? Well, I, I expect Rangers to get through. They're, they're looking really comfortable here. And I, again, Joe, I think it's all down to how much this trip takes out the players. 
I also think it's worth mentioning, and I, I read Gary McAllister's uh, comments of, of yesterday, it would seem to me, reading between the lines, that all of the players who've missed this game because of the COVID situation will be available for Sunday. I'm, I get the impression that as Alish Kerr just missed a good chance at the front post. Um, I do get the impression that all of the players that have missed this game have been double vaccinated. And if they pass a PCR test, they will be allowed to play on Sunday. And I, I think it, again, emphasises the importance, not just of Joe Bloggs, but particularly of footballers, professional footballers, to get their double vaccine as soon as possible. You just mentioned that chance there from Alish Kerr. Coming into the game a little bit more now and asking a few more questions of Rangers than they asked of them in the first half. Yeah, I mean, I, they've, they've really got nothing to lose now. Um, Rangers, I, I think, have managed to get into some really good uh, crossing positions in the wide areas and keep overshooting the penalty box. Barisic has just had all the time in the world to, to play a ball in from the left. Loads of support arriving in the, the penalty spot area and he's overcooked the cross and, and Rangers can't afford to can't afford to be complacent here. The, the job is almost done, but it's not done yet. And in terms of the fitness of this this team as well and the players that have come in, what how do you make it, particularly Barisic as well, um, how is he looking for you this afternoon? Yeah, he's, he's looked okay. He's, he got caught under one deep cross there about 10 minutes ago and the number, Alice Kerr's number 10 uh, had a free header at the back post. Should have done better. Um, but Barisic, for me, I'm a Barisic fan. You know, I, you know, given the given the choice of, of Barisic or, or Bassi, I would have Barisic. You know, I, I think nine times out of ten, if you're looking for a good cross, he'll provide it. Mm-hmm. And in terms of the subs bench as well for Rangers tonight, when you look at that, um, I'll just run through it for you just now. Hogarth, Etten, Balogun, Kelly, Laurie, Lyle, McKinnon and McClelland. A very, very young substitute bench there. Yeah, it's extremely inexperienced. Um you know, in terms of maybe games played, I know Kelly was out on loan at, at Ross County and actually played against him, wasn't impressed by him. But coming and playing for Rangers is a total different kettle of fish. But again, you know, these boys are on the fringes of things for a reason. They're good players. Rangers keep them around because they're good players. There's no sentimental value in keeping these players here. And at some point, you want to get into the first team. And, you know, about the boys starting, I was saying that when your opportunity comes, you have to be ready. It's the same for the boys outside of the squad. You know, when you do get that chance on the bench, you must be ready. There's no excuses. You're a professional footballer, you know, with a great training ground, great training facilities. You've got more than enough staff to help you get to your full potential. So, so now's the time, you know. They're not they're not 15-year-olds. You know, they're men that are going into football and they want to make a career in professional football. They have to be ready. And should they go on the pitch today, then they you know, need to do themselves proud and, and you know, also the shirt proud. Alish Kerr just going on the attack again in 57 minutes. Saved by McCrory there. It's definitely, it feels like um, there will be, like I say, more questions, Davey, but um, it really does seem like at this stage we're just waiting on Rangers to score a goal. Well, Scott Arfield just had a good chance. Barisic again getting to the byline, uh, picked out Arfield around the penalty spot, struck it beautifully and uh, Alish Kerr managed to get a block in. And at the other end, and this is a danger for Rangers that they get caught um, emptying their midfield, they get caught a little bit in the counter and young McCrory said to make a very decent save. Made it look easy, actually. Took the ball in really well when he could very easily have spilled it. Do you not think, Dave, they just, Rangers seem like they're just waiting to go up a couple of gears, like as if they can, if they do concede, that they can go up a couple of gears. They just seem like they're playing within themselves. And like you said, maybe just saving their energy for, for Sunday. Possibly. But I, I do think if they concede, they, they do have a couple of more gears in them. This isn't Rangers flying about. You said it's very warm and etc etc they don't really need to go out and score they're trying to control the, the tempo of the game but I think if you see Rangers concede not that we want to see that I think they'll have a couple of gears to then you know go up the other end and score 
I definitely think that um, we, we've got more to see from Rangers this evening. Get in touch, 08, 08 17 17 700. Let us know what you think on the game so far. We'll bring the team news to you as soon as we have it from, from St. Johnson and also Celtic will have Aberdeen later on as well. We'll be back right after this. The Go Radio Football Show. Talking football first. Listen live weeknights from five. Welcome back to the Go Radio Football Show with me, Joe Hendry, Marvin Bartley and Davy Proven. We are keeping an eye on all the Scottish teams in European action just now. Rangers are taking on Alashkert over in Armenia. 62 minutes gone. It's currently nil-nil. Davey, once again, it's looking... Give, bring us up to speed. The, the action, it's kind of quietened down a little bit, hasn't it, in terms of this match? It seems to be um, just not quite there at the minute. Rangers have been careless in front of goal, Joe. You know, that this tie should be over by now, and that will be the concern for Gary McAllister and Michael Beale in that Rangers bench. They've had, they've had the chances to, to put this tie to bed. They haven't done it. And they've also conceded one or two half chances at the other end of the pitch, and... You know, one nil is always a, a really precarious lead to to protect, and and you know Rangers need to keep their concentration here and get the job done. Marvin, like Davy says, one nil is not a comfortable moment to be in, is it? In terms of that aggregate score, uh, they really need to be pushing for that goal here. Yeah, um, I, I don't know if they need to push for it because at this moment in time, that they're still going through. Um, I think we have to take the heat into consideration as well. You know, obviously the home team are going to be used to playing in this heat when the Rangers players aren't. We know what it's like in Scotland. It gets to 20 degrees and then we feel like it's, uh, it's summer again. So, you know, the, the heat's going to definitely be playing a part in this. And, and that's why I think Rangers, you know, you're not seeing them press nearly as high. You know, they almost drop into the halfway line and saying, well, come and beat us then. And then it's, you know, when they do get the ball, they try and hit on the counter attack. But I think there's almost a, a sense of, you know, managing the game here. You know, Rangers, as I said, if they were 1-0 down, I think you'll see them pressing a lot higher and using a lot more energy. But you're seeing Barisic take water on there. I think that the heat is definitely playing a part in this and, it's one of those, if we can keep a clean sheet, we win the game. So let's just sit behind the ball. Should we concede? We know we're not out. Um, we know we're still, there's still football to play and then we'll go up the other end and score as Patson gets down the line there and it's cleared for a corner. We have also just seen Itten come on for Hadji there. Davey, what do you make of that change? Well, it's certainly a, a positive change for Rangers. Obviously, um, you know, Gary McAllister sees enough uh, in terms of the pattern of this game that he feels Rangers can go and win it and putting on an, another striker for a number 10, if you like. I think it's a sure sign that the Rangers feel that Alice Kerr don't have an awful lot more left in their legs and that if Rangers up it, if they've got another gear, they'll, they'll get this done. Davis just about to swing a corner into the box and oh, it's just gone wide there for Rangers and, and like you say, this pressure coming now. But Marv, you make a good point. You know, this is enough as it is right now. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what happens. It, we, we will get the St. Johnson team probably in the next 20 minutes. Have a wee look at, at what's happening there in Perth tonight. Absolutely massive game for St. Johnson, isn't it, in terms of that Europa Conference League and, and what it what it could mean if they, if they make progress. Yeah, it's a, it's a huge game for them. You know, St. Johnson were the kind of fairytale team of Scottish football last season, you know, winning two cup competitions. And it's fantastic to see them, you know, have a, a full house against Galatasaray. Um, you know, although they, they, they lost the game, it was brilliant to see those players back because they didn't get to have a parade after... Know, winning the winning the two trophies, uh, it's huge for them. You know, I think everybody within Scotland, no matter who you support, you want St. Johnson to go through today because, you know, they do deserve it. Obviously, the cash windfall for them. I think the manager and the chairman have said it's worth three million pounds, um, getting into that competition, and that's absolutely fantastic for a club like them. Um, you know, because if they don't go through, you have to be worried about you know the players that they might have to sell. You know, Rooney's got another year left. I think Kerr's in the last year of his contract. 
also. So these sorts of players, it's almost like the boy band's going to be broken up. Um, but if they can get through, you know, in Europe and they can get that three million windfall, maybe they can, you know, get these players on new longer term contracts, um, which would be fantastic for them and and well deserved on, on the back of last season. And you mentioned the money there as well, and and it's been said the narrative around that means that this is the biggest game in St Johnston's history. Do you do you buy and do you agree with that? Yeah, I do. You know, as I said, you know, three million pounds is a lot of money for a, a club the size of St Johnston, and you know that's a bit of added pressure for those players, isn't it? Because if everyone's talking about being the biggest cl- uh, game in the club's history, and they're you know going out there to play in it, it's probably a little bit extra pressure for them. But you know, I think they, they they've got everything it takes to to go through today. Um, you know, I'm I'm pretty confident that they will do it, and. As I said, it's fantastic for Scottish football. The more teams we can have in Europe, the better. Um, because I think for far too long, that the league up here has been played down and disrespected by especially people south of the border. So me 10 years ago, maybe. But, you know, since I've came up here, I've, <laughs> I've realised that there is a lot of quality players and we've seen more and more players that have played up here go down England and, and, and make an impact. And it is a very good competitive league. Um, so, you know, the more teams we can get in Europe, as I said, you know, it, it helps grow our league also. Davey, what do you think? Do you do you agree in terms of your your feeling about St Johnson tonight? Can they do it? Yeah, they can do it. Um, you know, three million pounds is an absolute fortune to a club like St Johnson, who even without COVID, at the best of times, don't get big crowds, have to rely on sponsorship to meet their wage bill. Mm-hmm. So, if, you know, if St Johnson were to get three million pounds, it, it would allow Callum Davidson so much headroom in terms of what he can plan for the future. Mm-hmm. You know, in terms of recruitment, it would be a godsend to him, and, I, and I'm certainly hoping that St. Johnson can can keep Callum. And the other thing, obviously, tonight is there's a little bit of uh, edge in the game caused by the last coach saying that St. Johnson's style was disgusting. Um, you know, that that will give the St. Johnson players a nice little edge walking out that tunnel tonight. Mm-hmm. To to bear that in mind, and you know, with the, the intention of ramming ramming it back down his throat, it was a, a ridiculous thing to say. Mm-hmm after St Johnson for me proved themselves a better side in the first leg and I know Callum Davidson also said his when he remarked on that that he takes that as a compliment you know and, and they, will, yeah. they will use that as ammunition you know yeah, but I think a lot of the Scottish bosses are getting a little bit fed up because Jack Ross got the same accusation um, from Rijeka um, I think Aberdeen um, got a similar uh, insult from the Carabag coach um, it's very common that um, the Scottish teams are labelled long ball but you know, I, I think if you look at St Johnston against Galatasaray, they were anything about long ball. Anything but long ball. Mm. I don't think they've necessarily got the players to play long ball. I mean, Chris Kane isn't going to win too many. You know, if you knock him back yeah. to front, he you know, he, he needs it to interfere into the channels. Do you think that these managers saying these things, do you think you do when you get up to kind of that next level and you're in, in Europe, but people say anything to kind of get in your heads and try and take you off your game? Do you think there's a bit of that about it, it as it well? Might, it might be. It might, might be more common in Europe than, than we appreciate, Marvin. Mm. It, it might be a tactic. It might be deliberate. But certainly, it's going to do Callum Davidson no harm at all in terms of his, his team talk tonight. His players should be well up for this. And how do these mind games work? You kind of alluded to it there, Marvin. You know, we've heard what Callum Davidson said in terms of how he would use that. But going into a game, would, would that sort of influence you and, and you can use it in that in a positive way? Um, yeah, I mean, or sometimes it can be, you know, in a negative also, I think, because, you know, if you're being spoken about as a long ball team, and I don't know, the ball's coming along the back three and you think to yourself, well, I'm not going to go long here because, you know, that's what they're expecting us to do. They're saying we're a long ball team that we try and overplay. And 
And all the other manager will be trying to do is just to get in those players' heads, put a bit of doubt within them. But these players have to be mentally strong. Um, there's no doubt that they are strong players mentally because they've gone on and won two cups last season. But they need to just play the, the way they play. You know, if they if the other team's manager wasn't worried about them, he wouldn't be saying these things. If he mm -hmm. thought his team were going to go and beat St. Johnson 4-0, he wouldn't be talking about them like this and, and trying to get into their heads. So they, like you said, they have to take it as a compliment. Uh, keep playing the way that they do play and I, I, I agree with David they're, they're not a, a long ball team you know they've got some ball players in there as well like McCann um, they've got Wotherspoon who can get on the ball they've got um, Liam Craig who's also a great passer of the ball so they're not a long ball team you know they have their identity they're very very difficult to beat and they try and hit you on a counter attack so you know, they need to do that again tonight win the game and then the other team's manager can say whatever he wants when uh, St Johnson have knocked them out of Europe just been another water break over in Yerevan with Rangers still at nil-nil against Alashkir. It's just past the 70-minute mark now. I liked what you were saying there, Marvin, about increasing the profile of the game in terms of having more Scottish teams in Europe. Do you think that we will see four Scottish teams in the group stages of European competition come this evening? I hope so. Um, you know, if, if, I'm, if I'm totally honest, I think you know Aberdeen have got a, a very difficult uh, task in their game. Uh, I actually watched the first leg of that, and all, although it was played on an awful pitch, uh, Carabao were, were a decent side. You know, they had a, a few decent players that I thought you know maybe could make an impact. You know, if they were to go down to England, for example. Um, so I think Aberdeen have got an extremely difficult fixture there. You know, I think Celtic could be fine. They've got the two 0 cushion. You know, if they were going into that one nil nil, I think maybe it would have been. You know, a bit more difficult, obviously, going away from home. But, yeah, I think Aberdeen have got the most difficult tie. But I'll take three out of four. You know, if we were being greedy, obviously, we'll say four out of four. But I think we'll get at least three out of four uh, going through. And as I said, you know, it's about growing our game. The better Scottish teams do in Europe, the bigger our league becomes. Davey, you're watching the Rangers game intently here. Bring us up to date. Yeah, I mean, the, the pace of the game has dropped dramatically. And no surprise there, given the heat. Uh, players glad of, of the water break there a moment ago. Um but yeah, it was interesting you know, during the water break. Interesting to see it was Michael Beale, not Gary McAllister, mm -hmm. who was taking the team talk, yeah. trying to get instruction onto the pitch in terms of what he's looking for. It's, it's Michael Beale who cl who clearly is in in charge there. I don't know whether he has communication. Great chance there back post for Morelis, and he's he's put it over the bar again. Another chance for Rangers to to finish the the game. But to go back to what we're saying, Joe, I, I don't know whether uh, Gary McAllister has an earpiece in or whether Stephen Gerrard is in communications with him. But Michael Beale is a man in charge there. When you play against Rangers, it's like that though. Um, Michael Beale shouts down a lot of the instructions, and you know I didn't really notice this until uh, we were playing with no fans in, and we we're actually playing at, at Livingston Stadium, and you can constantly hear him mm -hmm. shouting instructions, shouting instructions. And when we played against Rangers, the first game of the season, he was coming down and speaking to Gerard because he actually sits higher when he possibly can. Obviously, sometimes he is on the bench, but the majority of the time you'll see him, he'll be he'll be in the stand. He's on the bench today because obviously Gerard isn't there. Um, but yeah, he, as I said, you know, speaking to the boys, he takes a lot of the training. Mm -hmm. um, I think Stephen Gerrard's openly said that, you know, Michael Bill's strength is on, on the grass. So, you know, it doesn't surprise me at all that he's the one that's trying to get instructions over to the boys also. It's interesting seeing that dynamic, isn't it, when the manager's removed from the situation and, and how that works. And, I just wonder, Davey, if there's been a few, we have seen Alashkert kind of grow into this game a little bit more, a few lapses in concentration maybe? Yeah, I think I think that's all it is. Um, you know, tiredness causes lapses in concentration and, you know, Rangers players not used to this kind of heat might be getting a little bit leggy and, and sometimes you tend to switch off when you're tired. That You, you could probably put that down to, to why Alashkert have had a couple of half chances and although Rangers are, are bossing the game and bossing the ball, They've got to turn it into something and get this tie put to bed. 
We've heard Marvin's predictions this evening, Davey. He thinks we can get three out of four through tonight. What do you think? Um, I, I think Celtic look good, although I'm still not convinced about Celtic at the back. And you only have to look at how many decent chances that uh, Alkmaar had in the first game to, to realise this isn't a done deal yet for Celtic. St. Johnson, I think 50-50. Uh, and Aberdeen, I'm afraid, I, I, I tend to agree with, with Marvin, uh, Carabag will be a, a more than decent side. It may actually suit them to play away from home at Aberdeen tonight, and I, I fear the worst for Aberdeen. And of course, I mean, Aberdeen have that advantage of having a full house at Pataudry as well. If anything, you know, that's a, a fantastic boost for them. The same with St. Johnson. I don't think they were quite full this afternoon. I think they were um, getting rid of the last few remaining tickets. But hopefully everybody will get behind both those teams this evening. And, and even the neutrals um, just want to see as much as possible in terms of progress. Yeah, but if you're the away team, you're saying, you know, playing against Aberdeen, for example, those players would be saying, well, first 20 minutes, let, let's quieten down the crowd. You know, and that's that's what you try and do when you go against these teams who have a lot of fans within the stadium. You try and quieten the fans down first and foremost, and then you try and you know frustrate the team even more, and the fans end up turning on them. You know that their, their cheers go to kind of groans, and and that's when you've really got the team. But for Aberdeen, they need to start fast, like you said. They've got their you know a full house. The fans will be behind them, and they need to excite them. The first twenty minutes, especially, they need to give them something to you know cheer about and, and get behind the team for. And if you can do that, as I said, that you know they'll back them for the whole game. But if you can't after the first twenty minutes, and it becomes more and more difficult to you know turn the fans back around and back to supporting you. St Johnson, of course, host Lask this evening in Perth. We have the team line here. That kickoff is at seven o'clock. Um, I'll go through that just now. They've gone with Clark in goals, Rooney, Kerr, and McCart at the back. In the middle, Brown, McCann, Davidson, Middleton, and Booth. And up front, O'Halloran and Kane Davy. Yeah, I mean, it's it's not often that they accommodate both Middleton and O'Halloran. Usually, it's one or the other. Um, but Michael Halloran gives them really good pace up front. Chris Kane, I think, is a star for St. Johnson. You know, I think if you look at the goal he, he, he scored against Lask, quite similar to the, the one he scored against St. Myrna Hamden in the, the semi-final of the Cup, where, where he, his, his movement is just so clever at, at pulling off centre-backs, either to the front post or, or the back post. And at times he puts the ball into the, the net with his studs. You know, he, he's mm -hmm. timed his run to absolute perfection. Hopefully he, he can... It can come up with a bit of magic tonight. And I'm glad that Middleton's in as well because not only is he a very good player, uh, terrific on set pieces. I know that today, um, or yesterday, should I say, Callum Davidson was saying Gordon was 50-50 in terms of making that team. And obviously, um, he's not there this evening with Rooney, Kerr and McCart at the back, Marvin. Yeah, and I think you lose a bit by having Rooney in the back three. Yes, he's more than capable of, of playing in there. Um, but I think you lose an attacking threat and a big attacking threat, especially, you know, when St. Johnson go down their left-hand side, Rooney quite often is coming in at the back post for the cross. Um, but also, he's, you know, we know his strength is, you know, driving forward with the ball from the right wing back position. So, you know, that's that's unfortunate. Um, you know, obviously, Gordon's also a very, very good player and he's he's made his, taken his place kind of in that back three and they've been extremely solid. Um, but you know Brown's getting opportunity and this is what football's about it's all about opportunities and taking them so yeah Rooney will slot into to the back three and, and Brown will get his chance at right wing back but you know it's just unfortunate you know you, want, you don't want players missing these games through injury um, like we said earlier St Johnson's biggest game in, in kind of in their history so you want they want to be available for it but as I said you know it's an opportunity for somebody else and they need to go and take it tonight and you've just got to I mean for me I feel like with the season St Johnson had last time there's just a, a a kind of a special feeling about the club at the minute and you just 
I don't know. At 1-1, anything could happen tonight. Yeah, exactly. But, you know, these players have got the most belief that you know they've ever had in their career. You know, I spoke to Liam Craig last week and I said, what is, what's it like there? And he said, Marv, honestly, it's, it's an absolute pleasure just to be around it. Um, you know, the togetherness that they've had, they were constantly written off last season, getting to semi-final. They are oh, going to get beat in a semi-final and then got to the final. Um, and then you're going to get beat in a final. And, and they didn't. You know, they, they beat Hibs. Uh, they, they also beat us in one final, which... You know, they, they probably were just, you know, slight favourites for, but they still had to go out there, out there and do the job. And now they've got this European adventure. Yes, they've been knocked out of the Europa League qualifications, but now, now they've got this conference one. And as I said, it'd be absolutely fantastic for the football club, but also for those individuals. You know, to play in Europe at any level is a huge, huge achievement. Um, so, you know, if they can go out and do that, I think it will be the pinnacle of, of what's happened for them over the last year. And, you know, as I said, they fully deserve it. And Davey, as you said, the finances obviously have a massive implication on what Callum Davidson can plan for in terms if they were to get through and retaining that team that he's built up as well. Xander Clark, who's obviously had a, yeah. a magnificent run, called up to Scotland as well. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I think money talks and St Johnson could get offers that they, they simply can't refuse for one or two of their players because they're high profile now because of of the Cup double last season and their exploits in Europe this time around. The, the big worry would be that, that an English club comes for, for Callum himself. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he spent a lot, a lot of time in England. He, he has a profile down there. And, you know, he wouldn't be the first St. Johnson manager, if you think about it, to go on to to do well in England as, as, or be offered a chance in England, Derek McInnes, own coil. Mm-hmm. You know, guys who, who've had the chance. You know, I think English, English teams in general... Um, would view the Brown family as, as pretty astute when it comes to appointing managers. And mm-hmm. that, that would be the worry for St. Johnson, that the guy who who took the baton from Tommy Wright and, you know, remarkably won a cup do- double, you know, was to, was to leave the club. That would be a hammer blow. In the meantime, it's just terrific to see McDermott Park full. And, you know, if they can get in, into the, the group stages, you know, to have at least three more sellouts in Perth is remarkable in itself. Just about approaching 80 minutes in Alashkert versus Rangers. It is still nil-nil. We'll bring you all the action from the last 10 minutes here on the Goat Radio Football Show. Call us on 08 08 17 17 700 or drop us a text on 87474. The Go Radio Football Show. Talking football first. Listen live weeknights from five. Welcome back to the Go Radio Football Show with me, Joe Hendry. I'm joined this evening by Marvin Bartley and Davy Proven. We're across all four Scottish teams in European action tonight. Alashkert versus Rangers, which is just on 83 minutes. It's still 0-0. Rangers, Rangers leading 1-0 overall in that tie. AZ Alkmaar versus Celtic. Aberdeen versus Carabag and St. Johnson versus Lask. We're going to go to the phone lines shortly. We've got Jordan from Perth, who's a Celtic fan. Jordan. Hi, guys. How's it going? How are you doing? Yeah, not too bad. Looking forward to this evening. Uh, nervous, but I think I was more confident than I would have been at the start of the season anyway. So you're confident this evening of, of a, a comfortable win for Celtic? I, I don't know about comfortable. Like, like we mentioned earlier, gentlemen, uh, AZ have, have got some decent players and they, they definitely gave us a problem at Parkhead if it wasn't for Joe Hart. Um, that save in the, the sort of first half, it could have been a very different result. But I think I'm confident that going forward, I think we've probably got enough to match them. 
And we know James Forrest and James McCarthy didn't travel to Holland yesterday. Um, does that bother you that, that James Forrest isn't there? Obviously, well, it was an, uh, given as an own goal in the first leg, but obviously Kyogo and Forrest there with the, the two goals. I, I think... Um... Job, he's will be a big miss. I think he's probably if if he's not taking him tonight, they're confident and we've got enough cover, and he's probably looking forward to Sunday. I'm not sure if it's an injury or not, but I'd imagine I'd prefer to have him ready and available for the Rangers game on Sunday if possible. But um, I think we've probably got enough. Definitely, like I think we mentioned before, I think our frailties lie at the back, so I think we've got more than enough to cover him going forward. And who are you? Who are you hoping starts this evening for you, Jordan? Who's the the first name on the on the team sheet for you? I think as seven, it's probably got to be Kyogo. Um, on the form he's at at the moment, I think I was was talking about this to someone yesterday. He doesn't just give you a threat in front of goals. His ability off the ball is just as good. I think. Um, I think any game that he's not scored, then he's at least set up an assist. So, um, I think having him on form and you know, making sure that he gets to the tie will probably be enough to see us forward. So I think he's my he's definitely my first nailed on pick. David, do you agree with that? Is Kyogo first yeah. name in there for you? Yes, yeah, certainly. But it'd be interesting to see wh- whether he plays off the left or whether he plays as a centre forward. Mm-hmm. You know, um, for me, he's, he's he's a more productive player when he's playing right through the middle. Um, although he's very very busy off the left hand side, for me, he's a proper six yard box poacher centre forward type. Um, James Forrest thing, he, he's got to be injured. You, you don't go into a tie, you know, with the game still in the balance at two nil, and leave that pace behind in Glasgow I, I, I'm assuming that James Forrest has some kind of injury and the hope for Celtic would be that he's okay for Sunday And in terms of what Ange Postacoglu said yesterday there there will be no let up in the style that, that we've seen Celtic play with so far in terms of that attacking style we don't expect to see them um, sit on that 2-0 and try and protect that we're expecting them to go there and, and try and, and try and get more goals let's listen to what Ange Postacoglu had to say yesterday on their approach to the AZ game tonight Yeah I think that's the best approach for us I mean if we go there and try and defend for 90 minutes um, you know, I just think you're asking for trouble they're a good team and at home they, they're they're going to be playing you know, fairly high tempo and high intensity football to to score goals. And I think if we sit back, we're just going to invite uh, pressure on ourselves. So I think our best football is going the other way, going forward. And if we score goals, it puts more pressure on the opposition. So, um, yeah, we won't change our approach. I think it's it's kind of the best strategy for us. Jordan, you happy with that from your manager? I think so. I think um, I know the likes of Ralston's had a real resurgence this season, but um, I think our strengths definitely lie in keeping teams under the cosh. I think you've seen that um, the, the last few games, apart from obviously the Hearts game at the start of the season, is the, the tactic at the moment is to keep teams pinned in. And our quality going forward shows that we do have the ability to do that, especially the midfield with the likes of McGregor Christie, who's been on fire, and, and again, another player who's really flourished again under Andrews, been Tom Rogic. So I think that's definitely got to be our, our main priority, is to just keep them keep them under the hammer and keep going at them and hopefully come away with a couple of goals. It's interesting, isn't it, Marvin, to see the, the impact a manager can have on players like like Jordan mentioned there, like Tom Rogic, who seems to have re-emerged and we've seen Anthony Ralston as well. Yes, you know, sometimes players just need need a new manager, need a new lease of life and a new voice, really. Um, you know, Tom Rogic looked like he was kind of heading out of the door at Celtic and there was no return for him. And, and, and now it looks like being back to the best Tom Rogic that, that we've seen at the club. Um, you know, no one could ever doubt his talent. You know, always a fantastic player. And Andrews obviously came in and kind of put his arm around him and, and, and told Tommy believes in him and Tom's repaid him by his performances on the pitch. Same with Ralston. Again, you know, I think 
he was given a, a lot of harsh treatment when he had played before he went out on loan. And again, we were speaking about you know players you know, taking opportunity. He's seen the opportunity at right back and he's grabbed it with both hands. So, you know, as I said, Andrew's improved probably those two players, or not improved Rogic, but you know, he's got him back to playing at his best. He's definitely improved improved Rawson. You know, Turnbull looks looks better now also. And just the way that Celtic play, you know, absolutely fantastic. And I totally agree with him. You you go out there and you play the same way. You know, of all the you know resurgence that Celtic have had. You know, since he's came in, the weakest part of that game probably is their defence. So what you don't want to do is sit behind the ball and you know allow teams to try and break you down or you know try and create opportunities and move you from side to side. Go and attack them. You know, this is what what's you know had the Celtic you know fans on off the, on the edge of their seats. You know, obviously the Hearts game they did lose that game, but I still felt that they had more than enough possession and more than enough opportunities to win that. So you know, attack is definitely the best form of defence rather for Celtic at this moment in time. Celtic kick off their game this evening at quarter past seven against AZ Alkmaar. I have the lineup here. I can give that to you just now. Celtic go with Hart in goals. Taylor, Starfelt, Ralston and Welsh at the back. And Christie, Turnbull, Roderick and McGregor. Furuhashi and Abada up front. Davy, what do you think of the lineup tonight? Well, no, no, Edward, that's a significant one. Um, and it means that Furuhashi will play through the middle, which I think is his, his best. Position, strong Celtic side, you know, Welsh and Starfelt is the combination at the back. I'm still not convinced about Starfelt. And that would be, you know, the, the concern, I think, for a lot of Celtic fans ahead of the big game on Sunday. Um, and it'll be interesting to see how they cope with Alkmaar tonight, who I think are a step up in class um, compared to some of the domestic opposition that Celtic have been battering, you know, 5 and 6 nil, And... You know, the, it's interesting to hear Ange Postacoglu saying, you know, this is the way we play. We're going to play the, play this way every time. I think the quality of the opposition dictates how you play. I mean, if Celtic were to open up against a Man City or a PSG, um, they would take a really poor second best. And I think there will be times this season where he has to put the handbrake on. Um, maybe, maybe he thinks he can go and attack in Holland tonight and, and win the tie, but I think there will be times that he's going to have to, to be a little bit more cautious. I can bring you the subs bench this evening as well for Celtic. They have Barkas, Bain, Beaton, Ayeti, Soro, Edward, Bolingoli, Urugidi, Shaw, Robertson and Montgomery on the bench, Marvin. Yeah, um, you know, their, their bench is a lot more experienced than, than the Rangers one of today. And like we said, Edward's the big player on there. Um, you know, I'm, I'm surprised he's not starting because I, I still feel that he is the best centre forward. Uh, Celtic and, and probably the best centre forward in the league if I'm honest but you know the manager hasn't got much wrong at this moment in time obviously Kogo is, is probably better in the centre than the left but I just think when you've got someone like Edouard he needs to play but you know if he hasn't been putting in maybe the effort or not been playing the way that the manager wants to play when he has been starting him then you know, he has to be a substitute and I'm sure Edouard will be ready to come off the bench and and do what he possibly can. It's been interesting to see his reaction when he's come off the bench at Celtic Park and, and scored a goal. And you know, the fans have cheered his name when he came on. You can really see that it meant a lot to him. You know, I, I think at times last season people questioned, and, and I did as well, whether he wanted to be at the football club. But when he's played at Celtic Park, you know, he's been absolutely delighted to see the fans and stuff again. And you know, put the ball in the back of the net. He, he really is playing with a smile again. But as I said, you know, the manager hasn't done much wrong, and Edward has to come off the bench. You know, and, and maybe he'll come off the bench and be a hero for Celtic tonight. Jordan, are you hopeful Odson Edouard will be a, a Celtic player this time next week? I'd like to hope so. Um, I think you always want good players at your team. And like Marvin said, he's, he's been one of the best players of the league for the last few years, especially like even last year when he maybe wasn't on the boil, he was still pinging in the goals. So 
and I think the last few weeks he has shown a real um, a real change in attitude. He does look like he's happier playing his football again. So I'd like to think if if he doesn't get that big move or the devaluation of the club's not met, that he'll play on until the end of his contract. And I don't think he's the type of player to just down tools, but I'd like to hope so anyway. So. I think he would if he if he comes on. I think he can make a difference as well. And I think you've always got to make decisions as a manager. You only field eleven players, so if if he's not been the top of the top of the uh, top sort of level player in training this week, then that's the decision he's made. But I still think if you've got that quality on the bench, and it can only help. You know, a lot of games are won with your bench. So I mean, if you have to make that change sort of sixty minutes into the match, and he's the type of player that can definitely make an impact. So I'd hope so. Hopefully, he's still there next week. Jordan, would you rather go through tonight or win on Sunday? <laughs> uh, if, if I'm answering my head, go through tonight. If I'm answering my heart, I'd, I hope to put four <laughs> past them on Sunday. <laughs> Fair enough. Jordan, fantastic, <laughs> to, fantastic to hear from you this evening. Um, all the best. Thanks for calling in. Cheers. Thank you. Cheers, mate. Rangers are just approaching full time um, over in Armenia. It remains nil-nil. David, it looks like Rangers are just about to do it. Yeah, yeah, a minute and a quarter to, to go. Rangers just trying to, to run down the clock. And at the moment, all you're trying to do is keep the ball in the, the opposition half and, and, and keep a hold of it. Stephen Davis, a man who does look after the ball on it at the moment, he'll probably try and find the corner. Needs a runner to get into the corner. Uh, and Rangers, in no hurry now to put the ball in the penalty box. It's all about, all about keeping the ball now, running the clock down. They're almost there. And they'll just be eager to get on that that plane home, won't they, and 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 move on to the next phase, especially in trying considering the COVID dilemma that they've had. Yeah, well, rehydrate first. I think some of them will be <laughs> gasping for some water. Um, but yeah, no, listen, it, it's about preparing. Once you come off this pitch and and this game's out of the way, you know, you pat each other on the back and say well done, and then you're, then you're preparing for for the game on Sunday. Um, you know, obviously they do have to travel back. You know, they've played a, a, an hour or so. Celtic don't kick off for another hour and a bit, so Rangers will be finished before them. I know it's not a lot, but they'll have a bit more preparation time, although they've got you know longer travel home. But yeah, every, all eyes will be on Sunday. Once you get through in this, it's been a professional performance. They've got the job done, and then you know you move on to Sunday. Last gasp, last gasp yeah. chance there from Joe Aribo, Davey. Yeah, deflected shot. He, he's, hit, he's hit it from the edge of the box. It's, it's taken a huge deflection put a lot of top spin in the ball and it's come down on top of the crossbar fortunately enough for Alash Kerr it's bounced out the way and I think the referee has just called time up Rangers yep. are through That's it game over in Yerevan over in Armenia in a sweltering 46 degree heat Rangers are through to the group stages of the Europa League Marvin a big sigh of relief this evening for Rangers fans Yeah exactly job done you know all the talk yesterday was about the, the Covid cases and the players that will be missing uh, the players have came in today they've done a professional job have they been outstanding no but did they need to be nope you know it's all about getting through performance wasn't important today you know they've they've tried to hold on to as much energy as possible. Um, for Sunday, they've sat behind the board. They've not been the normal attacking Rangers. Absolutely fine. It's a professional performance. They've got through. You know Patterson and and McCrory have come in and they've been part of a, a defence. Have got a clean sheet. So you know there's fantastic for them. And you know they'll be get, they'll be absolutely delighted. Obviously coming home and hoping to play on Sunday. Davy, as Marvin says, they've gone over there and 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 done what they had to do. Yeah, yeah. All about getting through. All about the the money. Um, that comes from regular matches in Europe. Obviously a huge blow to both old firm clubs to, to miss out in the Champions League, but the Europa League's the next best thing. And, you know, if they can go a distance in it, they can make serious money. And Stephen Gerrard always talks about performance, and do you think he'll be happy with what he saw this evening? 
Yeah, because I've got through. You know, performance when when you're in the league and you know you're playing X amount of games is probably slightly different. But the most important thing today was then to get through. You know, we don't want to be talking about our good performance, but they've been knocked out. You know, they want to get into Europe, as Davey said there. You know, they've got obviously the money now of going through. There'll be, you know, three sellouts at Ibrox now that will follow this. They hope to go through to the knockout stages also. Um, so that was all it was about today. And and anything that allowed them to go through for me is a top performance. So it's one Scottish team through, three to go. And St. Johnson are the next team to kick off. They kick off at seven o'clock this evening. Celtic at quarter past and Aberdeen will kick off in Petodri eh, against Carabag at quarter to eight. Davey, it's, it's definitely an interesting evening, isn't it? But I guess we'll be hearing from some Rangers fans as well in the second half, I'm sure, um, who will now be looking forward to this, the second half of this huge week. Yeah, I mean, I, I think normally Rangers fans would look at the, the game that precedes the old firm game for a an idea or an indication of just how good the team is ahead of the, the big game on Sunday. I don't think Rangers fans will have learned too much from that tonight. That was just about getting through for Rangers. It was about being efficient. The You know, Rangers can play much better than they did tonight. I think we have to remember how hot it was over there. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think, again, at the risk of repeating myself, it's it's all about how much that game has taken out of these players. Mm-hmm. And... I, I guess this is where the, the the sports science, and we didn't have anyone else playing, but <laughs> I guess this is where the sports science comes in. Marvin's talking about rehydration. Um, I, I don't know what the conditions on the flight will be like. I take it they, they'll, they'll have reclining or, or flat beds. Mm-hmm. And it's all about getting these players back in the best condition they can. So Rangers are through, like we say, to the group stages of the Europa League. We'll be back in the second hour of the show, building up to St. Johnson against Lask, Aberdeen versus Carabag and Alkmaar versus Celtic. The Go Radio Football Show, talking football first. Listen live weeknights from five. Welcome back to the Go Radio Football Show with me, Joe Henry, Marvin Bartley and Davy Proven on this Thursday evening. Rangers are through to the group stages of the Europa League. We're awaiting kick-off in the St Johnston game. Celtic and Aberdeen also in action this evening. And um, James, our producers reliably also informed me that it's International Dog Day. Thanks for that, James. <laughs> Marvin, talk to us about Diego. Yeah, that's what I'm here for. That only came for that, not for the football chat. No, yeah, uh, Diego, I've got a, a Rottweiler called Diego. Uh, and I was just saying to you guys, kind of off air, that because the seagulls have been in breeding season, they keep attacking him every time we go for a walk. <laughs> Good luck with that. Yeah, I know. yeah, exactly. He's a Rottweiler as well, but you know he's, he's not the bravest. So yeah, I was saying to Davey there that about six of them were around him today and, and trying to come down at him. So you know, but he's well trained. He didn't he didn't bite back. He gave him a, a couple of barks and they kind of backed off. But yeah, it's, it's dangerous times at the moment. <laughs> Dogs are the best. So I was saying to you earlier on Twitter, there's a video at the minute of. Uh, a dog. I think it was a, a Scotland in in Scotland amateur game that cleared the ball off the lines and a decent shift as a goalie. <laughs> <laughs> He's trying to sign him for Livingston. We miss shipping one too many goals. So if you could give me his uh, agent's details, Joe, that'd be perfect. <laughs> Davy, we've just watched Rangers in action this evening. Now, now over in Armenia, uh, give us your verdict on that performance tonight. It was all about getting through. It, it didn't have to be a flashy performance. It, it wasn't a flashy performance. Um, it was a night where they relied heavily on. I think the experience of, of Stephen Davis. Um, and, you know, they had chances to win the game. Uh, made it more difficult, you could argue, for themselves than they had to. But the main thing is that they're through. And it, it's all it's all about recovery now ahead of Sunday. Huge game on Sunday, obviously. We've got David on the line from Cumbernauld. He's a Rangers fan. 
David, how are you? Are you a happy man this evening? Yeah, well, we're through to the group stages of the UEFA again. It's uh, brilliant. And I think uh, the team that went out there have uh, done themselves well. Um, it's not an easy task to go that that far away from home and get the result that you need. Um, you got to think uh, all the things that were going on uh, in the background with the health issues as well. And uh, especially with Iggy, a wee bit of praise to Robbie McCrory. He probably didn't know he was going to play last week and he, and he done well for us. Um, it gives me a lot of hope you see uh, the depth of the bench actually play. Marvin, you were you were really rooting for a clean sheet for Robbie McCrory this evening, weren't you? Yeah, definitely. As I said, you know, Robbie was on loan last season and just the way he carries himself, you know, kind of a, around the training ground and, and the hard work he put in, I, I wanted that for him. Um, I know you said there, David, that you wouldn't have known he was playing last week, but as I said, you know, earlier on in the show, Robbie's one of the best professionals I've played with, um, if not the best in terms of what he does and how he prepares himself. And there's no doubt about it, he'll be going into to every game thinking, you know, I could have opportunities to play here. Whether the other two goalies ahead of him are fit or they're, or they're not fit, he'll be having that same mindset. And with that mindset, it means he trains at the best possible level he can and he does his gym work at the best possible level he can. So, you know, Robbie would have been prepared for this. You know, he'd have been dreaming about this night, I'm sure, for, for a long, long time. Um, now it's came true, he's kept a clean sheet and hopefully he can go from strength to strength as long as he's, you know, kind of in the team. David, are you concerned about the impact from tonight um, heading into the, the Old Firm game at the weekend or do you feel like this sets you up well? I think um, whenever you're going into a European game, it does test you a little bit more and especially how far away it is and uh, the heat conditions. Um, it's going to play a part, of course it is, um, but I'm more than confident going away because uh, I think um, the team's starting to come together a lot. Mary see Joe Aribo the last day uh, to matches he's started to turn into his own Alfredo Morelos is starting to get the the engines firing in as well um, are we going to miss the players that, that we would have wanted to play probably but you, that's what the other players are there for just in case and they're there because they deserve to be there as well David do you agree in the sense that you know in terms of setting up for Sunday or are you more concerned about the impact that, that tonight and the sort of physicality in terms of the travel and the heat might have yeah I mean I, I, I... There's no doubt that when you travel that far and play in that heat, it's going to take a lot out of you. Um, I, listen, Stephen Gerrard won't be talking about tiredness. He won't be talking about a long trip. The last thing he wants to do is put that into his players' minds. Sometimes if you tell players they're tired, they play as if they're tired. And, you know, given that there's going to be a full house at Ibrox on Sunday, there should be more than enough adrenaline to, to get not just Rangers, but both sides through it. David, do you feel like the pressure is on Celtic this weekend to, to really take a game to Rangers? Uh, I think it's on both way, or both of us because Rangers are the defending champions. We are there to be beaten. And um, I think we've got the depth of squad there as well. It's it's really a difficult thing to say who's going to win. And I'm a Rangers fan. Of course, I want uh, my team to win. But you've got to look at Celtic. I don't think um, they've had a game where they haven't scored at least once. So they are going to score. It's just depending on who's going to win in the day. You never really know with all firm. Any team can win any time. But of course, I want my team to win. <laughs> and Marvin, how do you feel in terms of how definitive that first old firm game is in the season in terms of setting the tone and, and that sort of benchmark for going forward? Yeah, definitely. You know, it definitely gives you a boost if you win it. Um, you know, if you, if you do lose it, you'll be saying it's one game. It's only three points very early on in the season. 
Um, but, you know, I'm with David. I can't really separate the two at this moment in time. Um, for whatever reason, you know, the, the resurgence of, of Celtic, you know, going forward, been breathtaking. And obviously Rangers now got the COVID cases. Um, so I really, really can't separate them. I think it would be a fantastic game. Um, I'm, I'm delighted that, you know, it's going to be live on the television for us all to watch. And we, we spoke about growing the league and, and kind of the advert for the league. I think this would be a fantastic advert for it. Um, but, but as I said, you know, Rangers are the defending champions and also David said it there. So, you know, they're up there to kind of, you know, be, be shot at and be beaten. And, and I think Celtic would be going into this game thinking, right, let's, again, quieten down the crowd. You know, it's going to be all Rangers fans. They can't afford to start gung-ho. Um, and turn it into kind of a basketball match because every time Rangers attack, you'll hear a massive roar and every time Celtic attack, you know, it'll be silence or they'll be, you know, getting kind of jeered. So, yeah, it's, it's a huge game for both clubs uh, for different reasons. And, you know, I think both of them be going into it thinking they can win the game. David, going back to tonight's performance, who stood out for you? Obviously, Glenn Kamara came back into the side for Rangers. Nathan Patterson as well, he got the Scotland call-up during the week. Who, who caught your eye this evening? I really, really enjoyed watching Joe Rebo. Um, earlier on, he was a wee bit of doubt, but uh, over the last few matches, he's starting to fire up again. Um, he hit the post right later on. It was almost like a carbon copy of the, the curler he scored uh, not too long ago. So it looks good going forward for us. And uh, in the middle of the park, we seem to be a lot more uh, what we were last season, spreading the ball about, finding the right passes, that kind of thing. So... I think it's just mere base base wheel firms are kind of having troubles at the backside. I think that's been the main problem with uh, Rangers so far. David, it's great to hear from you this evening. Thank you so much for calling into the show. Rangers, like we said, they are through to the group stages of the, the Europa League. We are now building up to St. Johnson. Um, and Aberdeen and Celtic who also kick off this evening and looking at Ange Postacoglu if we go back to, to Celtic as well um, we were talking about the defence earlier weren't we Davy? in yeah. terms of what's happening at Celtic at the minute we know Starfelt is starting tonight and he actually he was doing press during the week and um, I asked him you know are you happy because I know you've been quite vocal about Carl mm-hmm. Starfelt and, and how you feel he's kind of taken to life at Celtic and his performances and, and he said he himself isn't too happy with how he started let's let's just first of all hear what Starfield had to say I feel like uh, I get better and better every week um, of course I'm not uh, I'm not happy with uh, all my performances and uh, uh, I know that I I still have a lot more to give uh, but uh, I'm confident that uh, it will come and I will just keep on working until until I'm there I'm glad I'm glad Joe that he's unhappy with his performances because he should be um, he does not, or has not so far, looked like an international footballer. And that would be the concern, I'm sure, of, of Ange Postacoglu. Uh, I'm not sure whether Ange Postacoglu knew about him or necessarily had watched a lot of him. Uh, it might have been one of those deals that was done, you know, get me a centre-back and Starfelt has arrived. Mm. Um, I, I certainly hope he has more to, to give Celtic um, because they, at centre-back, they're, they're still lacking. They're, they're lacking in terms of experience with uh, young boy Welsh, who's been asked to do a man's job, I think, before he's ready. Uh, and he needs, a, I think young Welsh needs a proper, experienced, time-served centre-back. Celtic fans thought they were getting that when Carl Starfelt arrived. So far, he hasn't shown it. And I hope he's got a lot more to give. 
In Starfield's defence, though, he has come in, you know, and had to kind of hit the ground running. He's had uh, no sort of pre-season or build-up in terms of with Celtic, Marvin. And um, how challenging is that, especially when the expectation is so high and there's so little experience in that back line? Yeah, I think, you know, some of the criticism of, of him has been harsh. I think, he, you know, heard him say there that he's not been happy with his performances and, and he will get better. But like you said, he came out of isolation a day before the Hearts game. You know, he's not had time to breathe. There wouldn't have been a lot of training. They've played a lot of games. And and he's also coming into you know an elite league where you know the Hearts players have had a full preseason. They you know fully expecting you know to play against Celtic. He's had to move. You know I don't know if his family's moved with him. There's all sorts of things that go on with footballers. As I said, you know spending whatever is it twelve or fourteen days in isolation, whatever it's before you come into the country in a hotel room, not training is very very difficult. And then you add to that, as you just said, then a very inexperienced backline, a backline that was breached an awful lot last season, low on confidence. The fans are putting pressure on them, rightly so, because they weren't happy with what was going on last season. And you put all these things into the mix. And you know, as I said, you probably see the best of him. You know, maybe you know after the international break where he's had a little bit of time to settle. It might take even longer. But I just feel sometimes we're so quick to write players off. I think it's been four games. Um, you know, and, and it's very, very difficult. He, he is an international football. He's played at, you know, the highest level international football. He is a very, very good defender. Yes, you know, I agree against Hearts. I think if he had been here for three months, they don't concede the goal where he goes into the tackle and he's beaten in a 50-50, which shouldn't be happening. Hearts end up scoring a goal, but I think it's far too early to write him off. Obviously, he has immense quality. And yes, he's not shown that straight away, but he's also said he's not like he's coming on to the, you know, into the media and saying, you know, I'm at the top of my game. He's admitting that he's not been happy with himself. There's more to come. Rightly so, but I just think it's so harsh to try and write people off after you know so few games. And Davey, you said as well in terms of what Celtic still need, there's definitely a, a hole in the central defence that you yeah. would like to fill. I would like to see Celtic sign at least another two centre-backs. I don't think it's going to happen with time running out now in the window, but um, Christopher Julian um, is still in rehab, no sign of him at the moment. And Celtic badly need cover. Were they to, to get an injury, it'd be back to near Bitten. You know, a, a midfield player playing centre-back and that shouldn't be happening at a club of, of Celtic size. Let's hear what Ange Postacoglu had to say yesterday on the issue of transfers. We're still working hard to bring in one or two, uh, absolutely. Um, the tricky part about this end of the window is uh, you, you kind of don't know what outgoings you're going to have, um, which might affect things. So we're kind of, we've got contingency plans in place and we're talking to, to a number the sort of targets to see um, what business we can do. But we still need one or two more in the group for sure. Uh, and that's what we'll do. <coughs> what positions? Again, that may depend a little bit on on who, who who may or may not be leaving. So um and 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 on that front there's nothing really concrete that's happened yet. So I expect if anything is going to move, it, it's going to start moving in the next few days. Interesting there from Postacoglu mm. Davy. Nightmare time for for managers. And and the real worry is the outgoing ones. Um, you know, he'll be hoping he gets a couple in, but the worry would be, say, for instance, he loses Edward at the last minute or Christie. That would be a real blow to him in terms of where Celtic go from here because he's made such a promising start. And, it, you know, the, the, the transfer window, it's, it's exciting for, for, for punters, supporters, hoping that, that they'll get a player in. And I remember being at Celtic Park the night Celtic signed Craig Bellamy on loan. And the deal was done at five to midnight. We were we were inside Celtic Park at five to midnight and Craig Bellamy, they just managed to get it over the line. And that's how dramatic the transfer deadline day can be. But the, the worry for, for every manager, not just Ange Postacoglu, is that they lose one or two big players right on the, the deadline. 
And it was um, Edward and Christie that he was, you know, spoke about directly after he, he was mentioning the transfers there. And in terms of his role, he says he's got no interest in, in coercing players in, into staying. Yeah, and why should he? You know, they're, they're a huge club. This is Celtic Football Club. If you don't want to be there, then then go somewhere else. There's a, more than enough players out there in the market that do want to be there. But two words, a contingency plan, what he said there. That's something I don't feel that Celtic have had since Brendan Rodgers. I think they've been far too reactive in the transfer market, you know, in that period between Brendan, Brendan Rodgers rather and, and, and Ange now. Um, you know, with some of the signs they did make and they've... You know, Wasted a lot of money. Barkas is now third choice goalkeeper yeah. um, after bringing him in for five million pounds. That shouldn't have happened. How, how, how do you explain Ryan Christie being allowed to run his contract down? That is unforgivable. Yeah, I, I don't think you can. I, I think you, you have to sell him during this window and recoup something um, and then bring another player in. But I think they'll have a list of players. Should Ryan Christie go, even on the last day with six hours to go, they'll be speaking to you know these other clubs and saying, listen, if Ryan Christie does go, you know they'll agree the fee, they'll agree with the player. You know, so they won't be left thinking, what, what do we do now? We've lost Ryan Christie with, you know, a day to go. With Edward's a one, really, Marvin, isn't he? Yeah. You know, if, if Postacoglu loses Edward and doesn't have time to get replacement, I mean, that has, that, that's put a, that's put a hole in the good ship Celtic, hasn't it, if, yeah, if he goes? Yeah, but I, I think their replacement's down in Edinburgh at the moment, isn't he? You won't have too far to travel <laughs> if, if what we're hearing is true. <laughs> he's, just, he's just got a big pay rise, apparently, Kevin is, but yeah. Yeah, well, we get a bigger one at Celtic, <laughs> <laughs> if he's, if he's, you know, If money's the important factor for Kevin Nisbet, then we'll get, we'll get more at Celtic. And, you know, without trying to sell one of Hibs's players, because it's obviously it's a club that I support, that, you know, Nisbet, would be a, a f- perfect fit for them. Yeah. You know, I, at the right age. I agree with you completely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, going the right way in the national team, I think it'd be a fantastic fit. And I think, you know, should Edouard go, that that would be the striker. He can play domestically. They know that. He's tried and proven. Um, you know, I, I think that's who they'll be going for. Let's hear what Ange Postacoglu had to say on the matter of Christie and Edward. Uh, you know, I said at the outset, I'm not going to try and, um, you know, coerce or influence players to stay if they don't want to stay. But what I will do is treat everyone as if, they are part of this football club as long as they are and provided they you know, show the commitment to, to what we want to do. And I think Ryan and, and Odson have been outstanding in that. I mean, you can't tell me that they look like players who um, don't want to be here. Irrespective of what their immediate future holds is that they're contributing every day, not just in games, they're training. And, you know, if that continues, I'd be delighted to keep them for as long as they want to stay here. But yeah, at the same time, they're all masters of their own future and, and their own sort of destinies. And I think it's important that they make these decisions um, that are good for themselves. Marvin, definitely the type of manager that players are, um, that want they want to play for him. Yeah, and that's testament to, to him and, and the kind of the culture he's created at the football club. Because, you know, just, just speaking of Edouard, the start of last season, there were so many people saying he doesn't look happy, doesn't look like he wants to be at the club anymore. Fast forward a year, yes, his contract's still running down, he's not signed a new one, but how much happier does he look? Mm-hmm. You know, and that doesn't come from, oh, he's just playing football, football again and the fans are in there. That, that comes from the manager. You know, at times he's been on the bench, he's coming on and he's still smiling, he still seems happy. So, you know, that, that's kind of the environment that, that, that Andrew's created and he needs a pat on the back for that. As he said there, as long as these players are there and they're contributing at the level that they are, he's more than happy to have them at the football club. From a business, you know, business mind on, you, you, for me, you need to sell them. You can't afford to let those two players, you know, run their contracts down and lose them for nothing. You know, that'd be catastrophic for Celtic Football Club. Something really needs to get sorted within the next week or you need to get them to sign new contracts. But, you know, if you leave it till January, then you're talking about getting, you know, a course of what they'll probably get now because they can sign pre-contracts to go at the end of the season. 
So, you know, it's a real difficult time for Celtic in terms of that. But, you know, if I was a manager, I'd be saying to the powers that be, you know, let's try and do this, you know, before the end of the window. Let's try and get it done in the next couple of days. You know, maybe finish today's game in Europe, get the, the derby out of the way on Sunday and then early next week, let's really get it done if, on Monday if possible and then try and get the replacements in. We have got, I'll run quickly through the Celtic lineup here before we duck into the break. Um, Celtic ahead of their match against AZ Alkmaar this evening. They go with Joe Hart in goals, a back four of Taylor, Welsh, Starfelt, Ralston, Turnbull, McGregor and Rogic up front, Furuhashi in the middle with Christie and Abada on either side. We'll be right back after this. The Go Radio Football Show, talking football first. Listen live weeknights from five. Come back to the Go Radio Football Show with me, Joe Hendry, Marvin Bartley and Davy Proven. I can bring you the Aberdeen team. Aberdeen, of course, in action in the Europa Conference League this evening against Carabag. They are 1-0 down in that fixture. They play at Pataudry and they are going with Joe Lewis in goals. Ramsey, Gallagher, Ross, McCrory and McKenzie. Jenks, Brown, Ferguson in the middle with Ojo, Ramirez and Hayes up front. Davey, is that what you expected from Aberdeen tonight? More or less, I guess this is a night where they, they, they will really get the benefit of Scott Brown's European experience. Um, you know, he's, he's played on bigger stages than the Europa League, but th- this is where they'll need him to set the, the tone for Aberdeen tonight. I think he's going to be a great influence on, on Lewis Ferguson as well, who I think has managed to get the transfer speculation out of his head now. Um, just been called up by Scotland, which will be a, a great bonus for him. And Aberdeen got into this one in good shape. It's, it's a night where they're looking for Ramirez, who's made such a good start to, to come good and, and get the goals that will get them through. But uh, a very dangerous opponent tonight. In terms of men you would want in your team um, and Scottish players, Scott Brown doesn't come much um, higher in terms of experience, does he, Marvin? No, he's been fantastic for them as well since going in. Um, you know, he's really been in there marshalling the kind of younger players because, you know, when you get older, your legs begin to go. And he, like you said, you've got Lewis Ferguson in there alongside him, who's a, a fantastic footballer. The one thing that does surprise me is Jay Emmanuel Thomas isn't playing. Um, you know, I think he made a, a fantastic contribution when he came on against Hearts. Um, you know, and I think he'll probably be disappointed not to play again, but obviously only 11 can start. So, you know, it's, it's time might come off the bench and, unless he's injured and not on the bench. So, you know, he's been he's been a good player for them, obviously signed from Livingston. So I think he'll be slightly disappointed with that, but he has to get it out of his head and, you know, he might be needed later on in the game if they're still chasing it. Aberdeen kick off this evening at quarter to eight at Pitodri in their tie. One team that are already through is Rangers. They went through, it was nil-nil this evening, one nil on aggregate. Cami. A sigh of relief tonight? Uh, absolutely. Um, it wasn't a good watch for Rangers tonight, which is really unlike them in Europe. But over the course of the two legs, it was extremely poor for Rangers. I think that, that game should, should have been done by last Thursday night. You should have beat them 4-5-0 last Thursday. And tonight, just see, see, see it out. But at least Rangers are through, and that's the most important thing. I mean, there were certainly chances as well this evening um, for, for Rangers to score goals, but I guess um, it was just a case of, of getting the job done. Yeah, I mean, Alfredo Morelos probably should have had himself a couple of goals tonight. He had the most chances, but we also gave up a few ourselves. Uh, there was one where our Ash kept put it across the box and their striker just missed it. That, that could have been 1-0 to them and that would have changed the game. But I do think Rangers got away with one tonight. Um, it's also another European game, just like the one with Malmo, where the opposition have a man sent off 
at half time and Rangers can't capitalise on it. And it's and it's not good going into Sunday, obviously. The big thing is that we're through, but the performances recently for Rangers haven't been good at all. In terms of that performance, Marvin, in preparation, um, Cammy not too happy? Yeah. Um, you know, I think you have to, you know, take some things in, in, kind of into account. Um, one being the heat. Um, I totally agree with you, Cammy. There was a couple of opportunities, you know, for the other team tonight against Rangers, and, and I totally get that. Do you not feel that Rangers could have gone up a gear, though? Should they, you know, or if they would have conceded a goal, do you think that Rangers could have gone up a gear, or do you think they were, you know, a total tilt today for the for the 90 minutes? Well, I think it's hard to say, Marvin, because I thought they would have went out there for the mentality tonight. It's first 45 minutes, let's get three or four past them, and let's just finish the game. Because I yeah. think, pretty frankly, it's embarrassing to only win 1-0 at Ibrox against them. I know we had 10 men, but I think when everyone got the tack, everyone looks at this playoff tie and they think, right, that's, that's the easiest playoff round Rangers have had since Steven Gerrard came in. We've, we beat Guy, I mean, last season we beat Galatasaray in the playoff round. It was only 1-0, but that was a better performance than against Al Hashkert. I just think it, tonight should have been, understand, obviously you're saying about the, the heat, we had players out due to COVID, but the 11 that Rangers fielded um, should be should be able to beat any team in the Scottish Premiership, let alone Alan Ashkert in Europe. So, how confident are you then looking ahead to Sunday, Cami, in terms of in terms of getting a result? I believe you're going to the game as well. Yeah, yeah, I'll be there. I'm excited for it. Um, it should be a good test uh, for Rangers and for Celtic because both teams, well, Rangers aren't obviously, as I said, putting in the best performances recently. Celtic have came to a wee bit of form, so I think it's going to make of a good game. In terms of the atmosphere as well, Cammy, and it being full full to the brim with Rangers fans, that must be an attractive prospect. Yeah, it's something to really look forward to. As a Rangers fan, also, that's probably never happened before. Um, but, I mean, I'm really looking forward to Sunday. What's your prediction? Um, I'll, I'll go for a 1-0 Rangers win on Sunday. Cammy, thank you so much for your call this evening. Cami on the line following Rangers going through into the group stages of the Europa League. We are also awaiting kickoff um, in the St Johnson game. They take on Lask in Perth. Kickoff not too far away there now. And we also have Ryan on the line. Ryan, uh, as a St Johnson fan, you're going to the game this evening. How are the nerves, Ryan? Oh, hiya. Um, oh, my nerves are uh, it's more buzzing. I'm buzzing, buzzing for the game. The, the buzz is overtaking the nerves at the minute. But once I get in the stadium, it'll, it'll soon change, that's for sure. <laughs> a massive night, um, absolutely. Oh. And it'll be one that, off the back of a fantastic season, um, it must just be a wonderful moment to be a St. Johnson fan, that's for sure. Oh, absolutely. As I said to uh, the guys before, dreams, dreams coming true. That's absolutely whirlwind. I mean, uh, tonight, I think we've sold, sold over 9,000 tickets. Um, don't, don't quote me on that, but I know we were touching 9,000 this morning. Um, the, I went to the Galatasaray game and that was electric. I've, I've been a St. Johnson fan all my life and I've never, ever seen an atmosphere like it. Everybody was happy, everybody was buzzing. And just to see players in Perth like Ada Charan and people like that. The guy played for Barcelona last season and he's in, he's in Perth. It was like incredible. Um, <laughs> but... On the game beforehand against Galatasaray, to be fair, um, as a Saints fan, I was there, and honestly, they were the the things you don't see on the cameras is unbelievable. Their movement off the ball, um, their their one touch passing, they, they were just 
they were a class above and and you know what we gave it a, we gave it a great shot and you know they had, we had them on the ropes for at least 20 minutes but you know they had the experience they had the, the squad and just a wee bit too much for us but what an, what an, what a night what an atmosphere even though we got beat I was still buzzing and I'm, tonight could be another historic moment um to get in the group stages so yeah, may long it may continue because Perth's been absolutely buzzing today. The pubs are full. There's there's fan zones. There's obviously social distancing and things. You know, so, but absolutely brilliant. It's, it's it's things I don't see. You know, we get we get two thousand of a crowd if we're lucky. Um, five thousand if Celtic and Rangers come, and it's like wow, these nights are it's just oh, unbelievable, unbelievable night. I, I can't I, wait. I'm buzzing. I, I think you're right, Ryan. <laughs> I think Galatasaray were always a, a class act and I'm bridged too far for St. Johnson, but you must feel that Lask are certainly beatable. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I watched the game um, last week, and I thought, uh, I was I was, I was, was actually, you know what, I was disappointed, Davey. I was, I thought we really did control the worst half, and if, if Glenn Middleton had took his chance, 2-0, their heads would have went down, and we'd, we'd have just yeah. shot up shop um, at the back and just hud out, but... Um, they came into it near the end. You could see that St. Johnson, our players were tiring. Um, and that's, if we do, I pray to God that we get through tonight, um, we really need to um, go into the transfer market and buy another couple of players because I think that you can see already that the players are quite tiring with the Thursday, Sunday fixtures. And then the cup game, when we had to go through into penalties against our broth. And that was, that was a close contest as well. Are you commissioning a, a statue for Callum Davidson? <laughs> yeah, <Cameron. laughs> Ryan. Uh, well, um, I, I would I would like to. Uh, there's one thing first. I would like to really speak to the Turf Cross Council when we're going to get this uh, trophy parade drum Perth because uh, I'll, I'll admit I was a bit disappointed that we didn't get the two trophies at half time against Galatasaray. I was expecting that, but we didn't get that, and um, it, it seems to have went awfully quiet. So I'm really I'm really wanting to see the the two trophies. That's <laughs> that's something I'm really. But yeah, I think Davidson, uh, Sean Rooney, oh yeah, they're they're, they're all legends. <laughs> you know, it was just a. An unthinkable season, that's for sure. And also in terms, I mean, you mentioned sort of domestically, I guess a, a win tonight would be absolutely wonderful for, for all the reasons that we've talked about already, but hopefully be able to kick on your domestic season as well. Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. It would give the whole players a buzz. It would give the, the town a whole, the city a whole buzz. Um, seeing so many people that are non-St. Johnson fans going to the games and they're enjoying it, they're, they're taking the younger ones. Um, yeah, it would be absolutely... That's my only worry, Joe, is that um, if we do get through, then we're going to have to have a bigger squad because the players will tire. Um, we, so John's John don't have big budgets. We don't have big squads. So that would be my only, my only concern. But yeah, I think uh, long may it continue. Hopefully this, we do it tonight, make Scotland proud. Um, that, and, and another thing as well, that you, it kind of says that you don't need big budgets or big crowds to, to get to these things. It's just, to get a group of players that can work hard for each other and believe in these achievements that it is possible because we've been doing it now for as I said Johnson fan there is absolutely no doubt we are punching above our weight every season I would say um, and me and my uncle always say this we've been diehard Saints fans since the word go and he always says as long as we stay in the league as long as we get a decent cup run we'll, we'll do alright but this is just this is um, this is a lottery, really. It is. It's unbelievable. <laughs> Hopefully, we can get through. And we can play like I don't know whoever, another big big team. That would be brilliant. Another great memories to make. You talked about the fan support there, the feeling around the city, which is obviously wonderful. Let's hear what Callum Davidson had to say about the support. Massive. I think obviously they give you a good, li- a big lift. You know, I think it's 
it's important if the game's not going our way, I think it's important that they, they stay behind us and they keep encouraging. I think we all want to get through. I think that, that shows by the crowd and the size. You know, I think probably most of, I would probably say most of people in Scottish football and in Scotland will want us to get through because it's, it's great for Scottish football. So I think uh, that, that sort of extra backing, uh, that extra support uh, will definitely help us uh, tomorrow night. Just over 20 minutes until kick-off in St Johnson's game against Glasgow. Run through the starting 11 for you. One more time, Clark, Rooney, Kerr, McCart in the middle, Brown, McCann, Davidson, Middleton and Booth and O'Halloran and Kane up front. Ryan, how how did you um, how do you feel about that starting 11? Are you happy with it? Does it fill you with confidence? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, only slight concern there is I did, I did think that... Um, uh, Weatherspoon was, I heard that Weatherspoon was 50-50 and Gordon was 50-50. He had, I think it was a tight hamstring or a tight groin he's had and he's obviously not managed to make it. So that's a bit of a blow. But we we have got still got the unity of the squad. So it's really down to them now. It's whether they want to become and, and go on to the next stage and go on to the next level. It's, it's entirely up to them now. And I, I hope we can do it. And, oh... Oh, getting all shaking and buzzing. <laughs> 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 things I don't see, you know, it's things I don't see. <laughs> you mentioned as well in terms of the lineup that you were talking about, Rooney's position and um, not being too sure about, you know, if that will get the best out of him. Yeah, no, I think Ryan would agree. He watches you know, St. Johnson week in, week out, it sounds like, and Rooney's best position is at right wing back, but he can definitely play right side as centre half. Um, another great point Ryan makes, you know, the Thursday to Sunday, it does affect your, your league performances because the players are so tired when you are travelling. You know, Celtic and Rangers have been doing it for years. So, you know, they've probably got it down to a fine art. No disrespect to St. Johnson, you know, they haven't been in this position, you know, for, for, for a long time. So, you know, it will affect your, your kind of your league performances. But if they do manage to get through and, and get to add to their score, then fantastic. But as Ryan said there, you know, they'll take getting into Europe and, you know, finishing third bottom of the league um, this season. So it's all about the European journey for them. And, you know, Ryan, hopefully you win today, mate, and then they parade the trophies afterwards. So it, it sounds like you'd be using your favourite word on buzzing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely, my, Absolutely. I, I, I just, it's oh, unbelievable. Yeah, absolutely buzzing. I can't, I can't wait. I'm literally itching to go. Oh, brilliant, mate. <laughs> Ryan, Davey was talking earlier about the Lask boss Lask boss's comments when he when he called when he said St Johnson were disgusting to play against. What did you make of that? I I think it was a bit disrespectful to be honest. Um I just think it was a bit of um, tongue in cheek to be honest, because I thought, you know what, um all the, there was a lot of a lot of my Saints followers were all like, Oh Lance, yeah, they, they drew with Tottenham last season, then the season before that did they not beat Man United or they drew with them at Old Trafford and then I was like, you mean, you know what? We done, we we hold ourselves well over there, and I was actually disappointed coming away for that that we didn't win the game. I mean, a slack, just lazy leg for James McCart to give you the penalty, and then that really got their tails up. We could have ended up losing the game, but luckily we we, we But if, as I said, if Glenn Middleton took his chance two 0 that would have been it. Um, but it's down to them tonight if, if they want to become even bigger legends now and and more European nights and more glory nights for them. You know, because these players have never done these things and. Long may it continue. I hope it can. But yeah, I, I think it was a lot of it was, it was a bit disrespectful. But you know what? Football's football. If you get the job done, you get the job done. That's the most important thing. And your players are in the window as well. Can you keep a hold, Ali McCann? I said this to Barry Ferguson uh, a couple of weeks ago as well. I said no, but <laughs> <laughs> I, I hope I hope we do. But you know what, Joe? If 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 a club comes in like a Celtic Rangers and uh, governs good money. You can't say no because 
we are a selling club and Ali McCann is unbelievable. I watched him I've watched him a few times and against Galatasaray, he was right in place. He was you know, you know how players can kind of sometimes be close themselves in. He was also going higher, he was competing well, he was doing brilliant, you couldn't contain him. He skint a few of them as well. So <laughs> oh, he's, he's an unbelievable talent and, and I hope if if we get a big offer then this two million price tag is, is rubbish. I, I don't believe in that. I definitely don't. He's worth more than that all day long. If, if players in England can go for double that, then Alan McCann, if he was to go down and have one great season in the Championship, his price would rocket. So yeah. four or five million, yeah, definitely. But I hope we can keep him. But if he goes, he goes with my well wishes and I wish him all the best. Ryan, all the best to you this evening. I hope you are a happy man on that full-time whistle. I hope so, I hope so. I'm just away at the door, so. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers, Ryan. Enjoy. Yeah, enjoy, mate. <laughs> the Go Radio Football Show. Talking football first. Listen live weeknights from five. So looking at the roads across Glasgow in the west as we move towards seven o'clock tonight, all of your major routes are looking clear. Even on the M8 westbound uh, you are looking a wee bit sluggish through the roadworks at the Woodside Viaduct but apart from that you are good on the M74 you've got one lane closed and speed restrictions of 40 miles per hour due to roadworks in both directions around Junction 6 for Hamilton but at the moment it's not causing any major delays you've got some temporary traffic lights and roadworks on Cathedral Street and North Hanover Street some gas mains work on Spring- Springburn Road at Keppock Hill Road and in Canvas Lang Newton Station Road is closed in both directions due to bridge maintenance work between West Burn Road and Village Road your public transport is looking good at the minute, but as always, please check your routes before you travel and you can find the very latest travel updates at thisisgo.co.uk. Welcome back to the Go Radio Football Show with me, Joe Hendry, Marvin Bartley and Davy Proven. Guys, we were talking about the old rumour mill there in the break. Ronaldo to Man City. <laughs> David Marshall to Liverpool. What are we thinking about that tonight? Well, that would be some move for David Marshall. I'd like to see David Marshall come up the road to Celtic. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, if, if Liverpool are in for him, it's, um, he's, he'll be going to Anfield, that's for sure. Ronaldo to Man City. Marvin, the Man City are just cleaning up at the minute, aren't they? Yeah, what an unbelievable signing that will be. Um, I think Davey said he's also been linked to PSG, so we're trying to put him, <laughs> plus the other attacking players they have, into a formation, and we didn't get very far, so we just threw them all up front. But yeah, he's still a player of immense quality, you know, and, and for him to play for the blue of, of Manchester after playing for the red, you know, would, would be him, wouldn't it? He would have that kind of confidence about himself to do it. So no, it'd be a great signing. Tonight we are looking ahead to the the three games, the three games that Scot- Scottish teams are involved in in the in the Europa group stages and the Europa Conference League as well. Rangers, of course, through already after that nil nil draw in Armenia. Celtic this evening with that two goal cushion. Um, it, it would be hard to imagine Davy anything other than Celtic progressing tonight. They, they should be okay if they defend well enough I think what they have to avoid is losing an early goal tonight and that because that would put them under pressure that would ramp up the anxiety levels were they to lose an early one I think they have to you know bed into the game get through the first 15-20 minutes make sure they don't lose anything because Celtic have more than enough to score at the other end of the pitch In terms of rumours as well Marvin um, we heard earlier from Ange Postacoglu that they're still looking at another one or two positions Greek striker Gio Kamakis, and I've probably said that wrong, so don't <laughs> correct me. And uh, Liam Scales as well, the, the Shamrock Rovers defender. Yeah, it doesn't surprise me at all that, you know, I think Davey said that he wanted to see them bring in another defender. Um, you know, what I, I imagine it would have been being a left back, but the centre forward situation, that doesn't surprise me, as I said, because, you know, they've got Edward at this moment in time uh, at the football club. 
So, you know, they've probably only got two strikers. I think Lee Griffiths has probably played, you know, his last game for Celtic. He doesn't seem to be in and around it anymore. And whether they'll try and get him out and off the wage bill to bring in another forward. Um, so, yeah, I, I think, you know, they'll be in the market for another striker. And if Edouard Sago would be another two strikers um, to kind of bolster their uh, attacking options. And we do know, um, obviously, Kyogo, like we talked about, will be the first name he is playing tonight. Six goals in his first six games. He's really lit up the, the game here. And of course, earlier this week, there was the, the, the news of the horrendous racist abuse that he was subjected to at the weekend, which was absolutely sickening. And, and Rangers have to be commended as well in issuing those fans with indefinite bans. But this is an issue, isn't it, that, that really needs to be challenged in, in all areas consistently, though. Yeah, um, as you, you said there, it was absolutely disgusting. Um, you know, what was directed at him with the, with the racial abuse. Um, you know, I'm not comfortable with labelling these individuals as Rangers fan because Rangers have, you know, people from all different ethnicities playing for their football club. So I, I call them followers of Rangers rather than Rangers fans. Um, in terms of Kiego, uh, uh, you know, our thoughts are with him. Um, you know, everyone's standing with him. You know, the whole Scottish game and kind of the whole of the, the football family stand with him on this, you know, because as you said, it's disgusting and we don't want it within football. Um, there's no place for it. And as I said, you know, as players and, and coaches and supporters of football clubs, you have to stand with him when things like this happen. Um, and as he's also said there about Rangers, it was, it was fantastic to see their investigation. You know, it was a very, very short one. And then, you know, the kind of the punishment was, you know, these people will not be allowed back into the football stadium. And that's kind of the precedent set for everybody now. You know, whatever the discriminative language is directed at anyone, whether it's about your sexuality or it's about your colour, whether it's about your religion, you know, it all needs to be dealt with in the same way. Because at this moment in time, um, and probably for a long time, we have a problem with sectarianism, you know, and we really do need to challenge it. It's the elephant in the room at this moment in time, and it needs to be challenged the same way we challenge racism and other forms of discrimination. And, and I, as I said before, you know, we have the powers now within the stadiums where we have the cameras that can, you know, pinpoint these individuals and, and see who's singing these songs because it's not acceptable. And I've personally spoken to kind of the younger generations about these things. And some people have openly admitted to me that they have, you know, sang these songs. And I said, you know, do you know what these songs mean? And they don't. So education is key. You know, we talk about education an awful lot. And sometimes it's relevant and other times it's not. But I think when it comes to sectarianism, it is really relevant because the younger generations are singing songs they don't understand about. You know, they've heard their, their friends sing it or older family members sing it. It doesn't make it right. You know, in, in fact, it's just as disgusting as we see, you know, when people are racially abused. And that's the elephant in the room that we really do need to tackle. And and while we're talking about these things and we're educating people, let's get into the younger generations because we need to, we need that to stop. We really do. It's absolutely abhorrent. And thankfully, Ange Postacoglu says he's hopeful it won't affect Kyogo too much. He's a really positive character. He, he's... He's really enjoying his time here, um, not just the football, but living here in a new country and the new experience. And, you know, when 99% of your experience is overwhelmingly positive, you know, that 1%, I hope anyway, because like I said, I feel responsible and protective of him, that it doesn't affect his his overall outlook. Easy for me to say, it's not, you know, hasn't been directed at me. He's he's training well, he's, you know, he's a very happy sort of natured guy and with the club supported him people are constantly asking him if, he, if if he's okay the players are certainly around him and and he's been good you know he understands that you know this is not reflective of his experience here Davey yeah I mean for me he he has lit up the the, the Scottish game Rangers supporters might not agree with me but uh, I think he's been a terrific addition to Scottish football rarely have I seen a young man look as if he enjoys himself as much as he does on a football pitch. He's been fabulous and it's just so sad 
that we have an element um, who are racially uh, abusing. And what I would say is that Rangers can only do so much here. They can only ban these people from the stadium, but the police have to step in here. It can't be difficult for the police to look at that footage and identify these people and go after them until we, until we start pressing charges against these people and taking them through the courts. It will continue. We, we have to hammer these people. Absolutely. Get involved in the conversation here on the Go Radio Football Show on 0808 17 17 700. We are, we did have Colin on the phone, but I think we have just lost him. Uh, looking back on that Rangers performance this evening and, and reflecting on that. But looking ahead also, I, I, I guess we, we need to speak about Aberdeen as well because they, as much as we've talked about St Johnston and how it is a huge game for them, Aberdeen look to go through to the group stages for the first time since 2008 um, and with all the same sort of, you know, in terms of the financial rewards as well. The big story for them, is, unfortunately this week though, was the, the loss of Andy Considine who's now going to be out until 2022. So it'll be after the new year before he's back. Manager Stephen Glass had his seat yesterday. Andy went to see a specialist yesterday. He has today had his cruciate repaired, so he's going to be out beyond Christmas. It's something that you'll be able to get back from. He's, he's a great professional, and we believe that he'll come back strong and ready to go not too long after Christmas, hopefully. The first concern is for Andy himself. He's in good spirits, but he's obviously going to be very disappointed because he's been brilliant since we came in. He's an unbelievable example of the young players at the club. He's a great professional one of the best that I've ever encountered. So we're, we're hugely disappointed for him, uh, but we're here to support him in his rehab. Obviously hugely disappointed Stephen Glass there, and it was that pitch in Baku last week contributing to the knee injury which resulted in cruciate ligament surgery there for, in, for Andy Considine, and that should just not be happening, should it? Yeah, no, no, exactly. Um, you know, as he said, it's put down to the pitch and, and unfortunately for Andy, you know, at the age of 34, the, these the injuries are, are even harder to repair from. But, you know, Stephen Glass said there, you know, I was lucky enough to meet Andy doing my UEFA B licence and we've kept in contact ever since. Um, and his professionalism, you know, you, you can't doubt it. You know, if anyone can come back for this and come back from it strong, it would be him. Um, I actually, you know, sent him a message earlier on this week just basically wishing him all the best, obviously, with his operation that he, he now, has now had. Um, but yeah, it, it shouldn't be happening. But you know, it happens on the best pitches. You see it, you know, all around the world. Sometimes these injuries are avo- aren't avoidable, rather. And you know, I know we can put it down to the pitch and say it was a pitch, but they happen on, on on carpet pitches as well. So the main thing is that Andy comes back and and he's okay. But in terms of the money that Aberdeen can obviously get from from qualifying, it would be massive to them and probably help them sign another centre back. Now they're going to need it because he's going to be out for for a little while. Well, exactly. Considine's going to be tough to replace, but he's going to have to be replaced in that side, David. Yeah, that, that's, that's the problem. Stephen Glass will, will now be looking actively to get somebody in before the window closes mm-hmm. uh, beginning of next week. And that will be the problem for Andy Considine. Not just a very long rehab, but he's going to have serious opposition when, he, when his time comes to try and get back into the team. Absolutely, and it does leave them short, like you say, with I think just Ross McCrory and Declan Gallagher left there, so it really is a matter of urgency, isn't it? We we have the, the team line, I'll run through that one more time for Aberdeen, they kick off um, at quarter to eight, they go with Joe Lewis in goals, Ramsey, Gallagher, McCrory and McKenzie, Jenks, Captain Scott Brown and Ferguson in the middle, Ojo Ramirez and Hayes up front, Lewis Ferguson as well actually called up um, to the Scotland squad this week, let's hear what Stephen Glass had to say about that. Yeah, yeah, Lewis has been, he's been fantastic. And I think great 22nd birthday, you're right. Stevie Clark was great as well, gave me the opportunity to tell Lewis that he was going to be called up. So Lewis was delighted about it. I think it made his day. But also Declan's available to, to go and play for Scotland as well. Uh, Niall's away. 
Uh, Neguena's got an opportunity and young Calvin's got an opportunity as well. So there's a number of internationals that we've got in our group and it, it's uh, great recognition. But like you say, Lewis's birthday, it's, it's, it's magic for him, isn't it? It's great. Fantastic for Lewis and you can only imagine that, that he's, he's a player that's just going to go from strength to strength now. Yeah, definitely. And as Davey said, you know, the, the, the bid was not backed by Watford and he seemed to have got that out of his head now. And that's not an easy thing to happen, by the way. You know, such a young player, you know, your agent's telling you what you're going to go down the, the road and earn in the Premier League and, and the offer's knocked back. He's, he's shown that he's, uh, you know, a real mentally strong player because he's came back and he's came back even better, I think. I think he's taken his game to the next level and that's, you know, been rewarded with an international call-up. Um, so, you know, as Stephen Glass said, he's still only 22 years of age. You know, time will come in terms of that move. And I'm sure Barry would have spoken to him and, and told him just that and said, just keep playing your football. And you know, Lewis has been absolutely brilliant so far for, for Aberdeen uh, this season. And he's carried on and gone from strength to strength that he was, you know, from last season also. And in terms of that Scotland squad, Davey, the rumour today as well that Stuart Armstrong might be um, pulling out due to a calf injury. How much of a, a loss is that? Or, or do you feel like Stuart Armstrong might not have played much of a, a part? Does that give Turnbull an, more of an opportunity? Well, I, I think Stuart Armstrong is a favourite of Steve Clark. Um, he's tried to get Stuart Armstrong into the team. I mean, midfield, we're, we've got loads of cover. That's a, the strongest area of the, the pitch for Scotland midfield. So... You know, I think we can cope with an injury to Stuart Armstrong. I'd be more worried if we lost Shea Adams, um, Lyndon Dykes, or, you know, one of the strikers, Nisbet, we've been talking about earlier on. Um, we were reasonably well served in midfield, but it's good to see Lewis Ferguson getting his chance. He could have been in before now. Um, and with the likes of Billy Gilmer coming through as well, it augurs well for the future that we've got good young talent. Even when you look at the, you know, the, the, the back four, we could have Nathan Patterson... Um, Ryan Portis, John Suter, um, you know that there's loads of young players coming through. Jason you know, and that Kirk. hasn't always been, yeah. Even mm. another one, isn't it? Yeah, that could could be in around. Absolutely. There. That's almost time up for us here at the Go Radio Football Show. Paul Cooney will be back tomorrow night with Barry Ferguson and Mark Guidi. Rangers are through to the group stages of the Europa League. All the best to St Johnson, Celtic and Aberdeen who are all in action tonight. We'll have all the reaction live tomorrow from five. The Go Radio Football Show. Talking football first. Listen live weeknights from five.